I'm Dr. Vanessa Sinclair, and this is Rendering Unconscious. This episode is the second episode of what we've called 23rd Mind TV. It was recorded last Monday, March 9th, so a lot has happened since then, including our trip to America, specifically New York, being canceled, the conference I was speaking in there being canceled, and Genesis Briar Peorage passing away. So it's been a tough week, but we wanted to share this episode with you anyway, and we hope you get something out of it. I hope you all are faring as well as can be during these intense times. Cheers to you all, and cheers to Jen. If you'd like to follow along, there is a video of this on YouTube. Just search for our YouTube channel, Trapart Film, T-R-A-P-A-R-T, space, film, on YouTube. You can also find our channel, through searching for the Rendering Unconscious podcast on YouTube or searching for my name. If you prefer Vimeo, we have a Vimeo channel as well. Trapart Film or Rendering Unconscious podcast on Vimeo. Links to everything can be found in the text accompanying this episode. everybody. Welcome to the second episode of 23rd Mind TV. We're so excited to be back. This has been so much fun. And thank you so much for all the great feedback and input and comments you've made since the last episode. Yeah, it was kind of uh, uh, fascinating to see the great response. And we're, of course, very happy. Uh, We love doing this, but it's also great to feel that there's some kind of communication going on. So please keep the feedback coming and uh, uh, special thanks to our uh, patrons at Patreon. That was the original idea with this uh, TV show. Yeah, and since we met our goal and started this show, then we had to come up with a new goal. So our new goal is going to involve us writing a book together. Yeah, because we've recently, both of us, we'll talk more about this also, we've both of us uh, recently wrapped up two major book projects. So now we're facing this kind of uh, horror vacui, you know, the dread of the uh, void. Uh, But we are going to solve it by uh, starting a writing project. We'll write like an exquisite corpse uh, kind of experimental novel on Patreon. Exactly. So we're going to make our next goal 666 because that's what we do. And then when we reach it, we're going to start putting out chapters of the book. Uh, We're going to rotate back and forth, one chapter from me, one chapter from Carl. 
every full moon and new moon until the book is finished. Mm -hmm. um, I've been wanting to start to play with writing fiction anyway, so I'm going to practice writing fiction this way and integrating my cut-ups into the writing, which is something I've been wanting to do for a while. Mm -hmm. And it's just... Um the uh, format of Patreon is uh, very good for this because it'll be like posts that are not about us doing this or us doing that, but it would be actual chapters of the book. So, and the frequency of twice per month at every full and new moon, uh, you know, I think that's a, an adequate, a, a suitable tempo for it. You want to know what's happening next. It's not too stressed, but it's also not an eternity in between them. So twice a month you'll be able to read uh, what's going on, uh, not with the book, but in the book. Yeah, so we're really excited about that. Mm -hmm. And that's for, uh, for our patrons uh, on the level of $10 per month uh, or more. So if you feel that you want to, you know, catch up and read that novel while it's being written in a way, uh, join us on uh, Patreon on the $10 level. Thank you. And as my patrons know already, literally this morning I sent in my book manuscript to the publisher. And I just have to tell you, I showed this on Patreon already, but for everyone who's not on Patreon and who, for everyone who may not, not may, maybe didn't see it, um, this is the book. And I actually ended up having to print it out and literally cut it up and like staple it back together in places because I found that I'm just so immersed in the cut up method that I just couldn't edit it on the computer screen anymore. So I literally cut and pasted the book back together after cutting it up. So that was interesting for me to see my own process and see how... Uh, how much I practice what I preach. Mm -hmm. we, we'll talk more <laughs> about uh, your book um, slightly later, but you've also been putting out uh, some new podcasts. Yeah. So the podcast is Rendering Unconscious, as you know. Um, we started to put these episodes on the podcast as well. Um, since Rendering Unconscious podcast has turned two, um, I've had a few guests on. Christos Tombras came on, who's a Greek psychoanalyst living in England. Um, and he spoke about his book and his work with the body and Lacanian psychoanalysis and looking at uh, Lacan and Heidegger. So that was really fascinating. And then just this week, I spoke with Stephen Shihai, and we talked about his project, Decolonizing the Humanities. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And of course, as most uh, of you know, uh, Rendering Unconscious is not only a podcast, but also a book project that you've been uh, editing and putting together. This book came out last year, and it's doing really well. It's been well received. And um, for me, as a publisher, it was interesting to uh, work with something different than the normal, you know, cultural uh, vein that I'm usually in. Uh, it was fascinating to work with and, and to read. Um, it's a great mix of, uh, you know, uh, technical, uh, clinical stuff, but also there's poetry in there and uh, more like philosophical pieces about uh, the nature of psychoanalysis and um, its implications on culture. Really, really interesting stuff. So if you have any sort of interest in psychology or the human mind, um, it would be great to, to, for you to check these things out, both the podcast, Rendering Unconscious, but also, of course, the book, which is very, very good and heavy.
Yeah, and one of the things, yeah, it's a big book. One of the things that Freud said is that anytime he came, uh, worked through to another kind of aspect of his psychoanalytic theory, that he always realized that a poet had been there before him. Um, so I included poetry in the book as well. And I thought every now and again, I'll read you a little piece from the book so you can see kind of what is inside it. Also, please take note of this incredible cover art by Alison Blickle, an amazing artist in California. Yeah. Um, I just had to show that to you. Yeah. And we'll, we'll open up to this page that I just opened to and do a little bibliomancy with uh, Rendering Unconscious. So this is a piece from Jessica Dadema, who's a professor in New York and New Jersey. Um, and it's called Blind Sightings of Black Swan. Social erosion accompanies the increase in accidents, which used to be more spaced out. Jacques-Alain Miller calls this a crisis moment, one of the master signifiers of our time and a way of naming the real. Hypermodern culture is characterized by black swan accidents and constantly caught hold of by a real in succession of moments of crises without respite. Hardly has a symbolic system been established than it falters to give place to another. Instead of routine crisis, routine, there is a series of crises, crisis, 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 which tend towards the infinite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking of books, uh, I mentioned that we have both uh, wrapped up book projects. Uh, uh, for me, uh, I feel, again, this sort of uh, void at the moment because it was basically just a couple of days ago that I wrapped it up. Uh, I've written a new novel called uh, The Devil's Footprint. Um, some of you may have read my first novel, Mother Have a Safe Trip. Uh, and it's, uh, what can you say, it's not the same, but it's not different either. Uh, it's just a very uh, fast-paced, uh, trippy very satirical, but also exciting, I hope, uh, novel about um, kind of a, a shift of power or a power dynamic that needs to go to, uh, into new areas to fix this mess that uh, humans are in. And it's basically about uh, the devil or Satan uh, uh, giving, having been given uh, not a carte blanche, but a kind of carte noire from God to uh, fix the human mess. And that leads to some pretty, you know, funny and uh, chilling and terrifying, but also uh, amusing and entertaining uh, moments in a narrative that's uh, um, from straight from the horse's mouth, straight from the devil's mouth. So uh, I think that's, um, it will probably interest you to read that. But first, of course, we have to find an agent and a publisher. Uh, that will happen uh, during this year and then it'll be out as soon as possible and you know it's an amazing thing to write fiction I want to do more of that because uh, I think that in fiction lies truth uh, inherent embedded in a much more uh, actually naked and uh, exposed way than in you know journalism or, or scientific academic writing uh, fiction is uh, powerful and I certainly want to write more of that. And again, that's what we're doing the other book too on Patreon. Yeah, and I think one of the things I comment on in the book that I just finished, which is Scansion in Psychoanalysis and Art, 
the cut and creation, um, is that artists are able to say things that people don't say so readily in their day-to-day -day lives. And I think the same thing goes with like the art of fiction. People are able to say truths more clearly and blatantly um, maybe than they would be able to in their day-to-day -day lives. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's just uh, not only is it something that engages people uh, in very much the same way as you know when people watch movies or something fictional on a screen or in, in the cinema, um, it's an engagement that goes deeper because it sort of sets aside the defense mechanisms of the rational mind. That can be a bad thing if you, you look at you know propaganda and demagogia and stuff like that. But it could also be a very you know benevolent and, and beneficial thing uh, if people relax and take in quality writing or a quality movie and and um, become engaged with the emotions and the ideas that are uh, embedded in this uh, in the fictional work. Mm -hmm. So why don't you tell us a bit more about your book? Um, well, this book's been percolating in my mind for many, many years. And um, as a lot of you know, I talk a lot about different kinds of art and I've written a lot of articles on different artists. And something I realized a few years ago was that all of the artists that I tend to be drawn to and to write about and think about all use the cut or scansion in some way, whether it's cut-ups and cutting up language or doing collage work and cutting up image, mixing image and language, image with text, um, assemblages or um, cutting the body, you know, different sorts of body modifications. Um, they all kind of had this thread throughout them, so I decided at some point that I should write a book about that. Um, and I'd already written a few articles on different artists, so I could pull from you know what I had already been working on. Then, of course, that was I don't know. I decided to do that maybe in 2014, um, and then I got a little bit derailed because I started doing cut-ups myself. I thought, how am I going to start this book? So I started cutting up the writing that I had written about these artists who worked with cut-ups. And then I started cutting that up and making cut-ups myself. And then for the past five or six years, I've been immersed in my own cut-up process. And then I guess about a year and a half ago, I decided to focus again on the writing of the book that I had the idea for so long ago. And that just got handed into the publisher today. So I'm very excited about that. It's been a long time coming. Um, all sorts of artists that I can mention that are in it. Um, you might not see the connection, but you'll have to read the book and see how I connect them all. Uh, Charlotte Rogers, Genesis Breyer Peoridge, Derek Jarman, Vicki Bennett, um, Val Denham, Annie Bendez, um, Elijah Berger, Joel Coleman, Joel Peter Witkin. The list goes on and on. I want to read it. Actually, I have read it. <laughs> and it's it, good. It's a very good book. Um, and, you know, speaking of, of uh, cut-ups also, uh, we can never drift uh, too far away from it. Uh, we have also, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, released a new uh, uh, CD that also bloomed into something else. And we're talking about the soundtrack for Mementeros. Mementeros was the film project that we uh, finished last year. Um, and it's not just a film project. It started out with you cutting up texts that I had written or assembled, and then you recorded that, you read them, 
and then I set that to music, and then we made the film, and then we made a couple of art shows with like screenshots from the film that you applied uh, cut-ups and collages on. So it's like this never-ending <laughs> process, which is really fun uh, for us to work with. And again, people seem to like it a lot. And what we did with the soundtrack, we made a limited edition CD uh, that comes with information sheets and some reproductions of um, some you know pretty erotic uh, collages. Uh, and then the deluxe box set is also quite beautiful in that it also contains a DVD of the film and then uh, some photographs of us, uh, dare I say, erotic, um, and uh, just more stuff. And the thing is that uh, we do these in very limited runs and the deluxe is all, often, you know, they sell out really quickly. Right now we only have two of the boxes left, but the CD, we still have a few uh, of the norm, like normal edition. So you should check that out. Um, and as we spoke about last time, I really enjoy making these things, not just the assembly line aspect of it, but I really like the quality of CDs. They have grown in my esteem, I have to say. A really um, nice way of presenting music, basically. It's also really nice to listen to entire albums. Yeah, yeah. It's something I've been doing a lot lately because I feel with Spotify and kind of iTunes and shuffling, you're always listening to just songs here and there from different artists. And I love to do that when I'm writing or, you know, and I don't want to have to get up and change the record or something like that. But I think there's something really wonderful about listening to an entire album. If there's an artist that you really like, it's nice to hear how they put together the piece. You know, it's, a, it's a, an art piece. Yeah, no, it totally is. It's it's uh, most albums are assembled in a particular way because of a particular reason or a preference from the artist. So I think one should respect that. Um, but uh, on on that subject of CDs and stuff, we will of course make uh, more. Um, maybe we'll keep this frequency of one release per month. Uh, I certainly like it, and it seems that our the people who buy stuff from us uh, like it a lot too. So. Yeah. yeah, so so far we've done boxes for Cut to Fit the Mouth, which was our first album. Mm. The Chapel is Empty, which is me with Kevin Wright of Acoustic Timber Frequency. Mm -hmm. And now Mementeros. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there will be more uh, uh, very soon. This uh, We have an uh, endless amount of, of titles, both old and new ones, uh, to, to uh, release, basically. And, um, yeah, um, speaking of... Uh, uh, music. Uh, I am speaking of film. <laughs> Again, and I have, books. And books. <laughs> you know, I've, I have recently, um, I'm in the process of wrapping up my latest film, which is a documentary about the Swedish photographer uh, Lars Sundestrand. And he is um, very well respected here in Sweden. And he had a fan scene back in the late 70s called Fun Time. Um, you know, your your uh, normal but high quality punk fan scene with photographs and you know uh, on the spot interviews really nicely done with a lot of you know uh, cut and paste DIY aesthetic and and it that really affected me when I was young when I was sort of waking up to uh, music and the culture of punk and post punk and uh, I later on. Uh, in 1985, started my own fanzine called Lollipop. And that was very much inspired by Lars Sundestrand's uh, Funtime fanzine. So I've been talking to Lars uh, over a couple of years, 
uh, about that time, uh, that era, about DIY, about people he met, funny anecdotes, and of course focusing on his photographs and his aesthetic. And it's been um, a wonderful experience of going back and also into the mind of someone who inspired me when I was uh, just a teenager. So it's very, very uh, cool. And I think that film will be uh, wrapped up within a month or so, and it will be available on uh, Vimeo uh, on demand with English subtitles. And you'll be able to see you know, previously unpublished and very rare photographs of, of uh, Throbbing Gristle, Psychic TV, Joy Division, um, Residents, uh, many, many, many other very cool artists. Lars's photographs are incredible. Yeah, they truly are, truly are. And <laughs> this is the standard cement. Speaking of which, <laughs> great old photographs and great uh, experiences uh, that stem back from the mid 80s. Uh, I am proud to say that uh, and happy that uh, this book arrived. We talked about it uh, in the previous uh, episode, Sacred Intent, um, uh, Genesis Bri Piorge, Conversations with Carl Abrahamson, 1986 to 2019. And, and um, this is a strange kind of memory lane uh, trip for me, you know, having worked with it, but specifically now that I, I um, uh, can sit and hold it and, and uh, look at it and look at the pictures. It contains uh, about 50 pictures from 86 up until 2019. Um, and, you know, I could blab on for an eternity about this, but I would really recommend that you, you check out this book, Sacred Intent, because if you have any, you know, interest in what Jen's been doing in the different constellations and bands and projects and or with Pandrogeny together with Lady J. Uh, it's just uh, quite a trip. That, that's uh, the best way to sum it up. And uh, the book form really works well for that kind of summing up of, uh, you know, it, it's a friendship, but it's also substantial conversation about really interesting things. Life. And it also has an interview with Lady J, which is really yeah. rare to find. Yeah, so. previously unpublished, yeah. And actually, most of these interviews are previously unpublished. Some of them have been over the years, but most of them haven't. They were actually made specifically for this book. We had no idea when the book was going to come out. Uh, but then we decided uh, last year that since Jen turned 70 on February 22nd, happy birthday, Jen, um, uh, we decided that uh, we should have the book ready for that occasion. And that's exactly what happened. The Jen's copies... Uh, were sent to New York and reached him on the birthday. So that was good timing. And you're having a release party for it in New York. Exactly. We are going to um, America very soon. And one of the things that um, you know is going on is a uh, book release or book evening with me and Jen talking about the book uh, at uh, Mast Books. Uh, on March 19th. You will, you know, write down some more information about that too. Uh, but that will be a great event and a very unique event. And if you are in New York, you should definitely come by so you can have the book signed by us both. Yeah, and if you can't make it on the 19th, or even if you can, come join us that weekend because Film Noir Cinema is having a Carl Abrahamson Film Festival the weekend of the equinox, the 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Mm -hmm. And so we'll be there um, with Carl's films being screened. Yeah, 
it'll be fantastic to to um, uh, meet people and um, we're showing the LaVey film Into the Devil's Den and Silent, My Silent Lips which is a psychosexual thriller and the documentary about Genesis uh, Change Itself and also the documentary about Kenneth Anger called Cinemagician and uh, again if you're in New York please come to the Film Noir Cinema uh, if you're not, all these films can be watched on the Vimeo On Demand um, site. Yeah, um, we have received some, some cool stuff. Um, thank you for that, people who send us stuff. We are very appreciative and we enjoy it. And we do take our time to look through things and read things. And um, we want to mention now specifically a couple of books that arrived from uh, Black Letter Press, uh, based in Italy, uh, but publishing very beautiful editions of uh, old arcane esoteric books. Um, this one is uh, the Black uh, Pullet, and we have here one called Moon Lore, the old uh, facsimiles of stuff, and it's very, very well done. And if you have an interest in you know, uh, gothic occultism, uh, you know, arcane stuff, uh, old school magic and the basically Western ceremonial tradition and... and um, um, reading and, ribbons, yeah, re I love. <laughs> reading ribbons <laughs> and simply book craft. Uh, I really love when things are well made and because, and, um, you know, books are great but a great book uh, deserves to be in a great you know, format and packaging. And this is really well, well done. So you should check out Black Letter Press. They have many interesting books uh, out there and uh, they're beautiful and high, highly uh, recommended. And then I wanna show off Caitlin Foise's amazing work as well because she makes these incredible boxes full of all sorts of lovely items like bath salts that she creates herself, body scrubs. She sends you sets of candles with all these herbs and uh, energy and glitters melted in um, and little bags of crystals and, you know, dice and all sorts of amazing things. There's some playing cards here. Um, and I know she still has a couple of these on her site the last time I looked, but they're always selling out, but she's always making more. So if you want something that's like really just to pamper yourself, um, and some, have some magical self care, go to Kaylin Foise's shop because I can tell you, she says that she does Reiki as well. And she says she like charges these bath salts with whatever frequency. I don't know anything about Reiki, but I can tell you that after I take a bath with her bath salts, I really feel like I'm like vibrating. Like it just feels really great. So check those out. Mm -hmm. And of course, Caitlin is a good, good uh, friend and a real beautiful which she really knows her stuff and and it just uh, struck me when you were talking about that it's the, the there are similarities to people working with you know um, beautiful editions of of beautiful books you know uh, things deserve to be uh, tangible visceral you know you need to take things and touch them and work with them and uh, integrate them in your i don't know your your sensual sphere uh, a lot of the magic that we're uh, working with lies and comes from the sensual sphere and we uh, is processed in the sensual sphere and and um, that kind of uh, tangible witchcraft 
is very, very um, valuable. And it's uh, beautiful to see people like Caitlin, who are, you know, artists as much as magicians and vice versa, uh, work with their own aesthetic at the same time as they are tools. So that it's not just a box with cool stuff. It can be, and it works great as a, you know, gift box or something, but it's a gift box with, with uh, potency, with agency, and uh, it's really well made, and there's um, a bright mind and a great aesthetic mind uh, pulling these things uh, together. Yeah, you can tell that she really takes care to choose all the different yeah. items. Like mine came with this amazing uh, candle holder, this antique candle holder that I just absolutely adore. And now I carry it all around the house with me. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got one for somebody as a gift that was a road opener, you know, to help like clear blockages and so that the road can be clear in front of you to be able to make your own, own way forward. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's a craft. It's a craft, exactly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, magic may well, you know, uh, magic, uh, you know, it's all in the mind, etc., etc. That may be the case, but there are many roads going into the mind and into the magic of the mind. And uh, that's when we delve into, you know, uh, talismania, you know, talismanic things. And uh, Caitlin's stuff is just uh, a box filled with uh, fantastic talismans. Yeah, but I think the point you made too about it being sensual mm. and engaging the senses, yeah, yes. that's something that I think is really important yeah. nowadays. The more that we get virtual, the more it feels like we need to make sure we also uh, take care of our bodies and engage our senses. Absolutely. If it smells good, it is good. If it feels good, it is good. If it looks good, it is good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then we were talking about uh, books. We've been receiving some other stuff as well. Um, I wanted to mention the um, Underworld Amusements, uh, out of a publishing company out of uh, Baltimore. Uh, many, many years of, of uh, releasing so much good stuff. It's, it's uh, almost incomprehensible, really a fantastic thing. And uh, we have, it's slightly, you know, satanic bent. Um, here's what you call like a definitive edition of Ragnar Redbeard's uh, Might is Right which is uh, quintessential, which was quintessential for uh, Anton LaVey when he uh, penned the Satanic Bible, for instance. And this uh, edition has an introduction by Peter Gilmore from the Church of Satan. And it's just, uh, you know, um, annotated and it's just really the de definitive version of Might is Right, which is, you know, quite an influential book. And also this beautiful thing, uh, Carducci's Hymn to Satan in translation from the Italian, which also has uh, both the Italian and, uh, you know, um, uh, English translations. And it's really um, uh, nice with someone who looks back at a heritage, uh, at a lineage of culture and, and makes sure that things like this are available and not just in some, uh, you know, a very rare, very expensive 19th uh, century uh, edition, but um, uh, introduced, annotated, and just presented in the best possible way. Uh, Underworld Amusement also um, worked a lot with presenting the oeuvre, or the work of uh, Benjamin de Caceres, and many other prominent uh, uh, cynics, uh, egotists, 
and uh, misanthropes and you know this wonderful bouquet of uh, dark side intellectuals basically so check out underworld amusements you will find many many uh, cool things there and it's um, a publishing company that i really really uh, respect and then last but not least i want to make sure to mention my dress my dress is from marshmallow by lady they make amazing things. Check them out. Mm -hmm. So thank you. This was the second episode of 23rd Mind TV. And the best way to keep, uh, you know, to follow us on a day-to-day -day or a weekly basis is to uh, become a patron at Patreon. Uh, that's where we present uh, news. As soon as there's news, it'll be at Patreon. Uh, we talk about our process. We show, you know, candid photographs and photographs from our trips and the uh, developments of long-term projects. Basically, that's our social media hub. So if you want to uh, keep following us on a more uh, regular, frequent basis, uh, come to Patreon. And also, do not miss the fact that, that very, very soon, as when we reach the level of $666 per month uh, at Patreon, we will start publishing uh, on a, uh, what do you call it, uh, bi-weekly uh, basis, uh, chapters from our new experimental novel called The Exquisite Corpse. Thank you for watching. Bye. Thank you for listening to Rendering Unconscious. You've just heard the second episode of 23rd Mind TV. For more, you can visit our websites, drvanessasinclair.net or carlabrahamson.com. That's C-A-R-L-A-B-R-A-H-A-M-S-S-O-N.com. Rendering Unconscious is also a book. Rendering Unconscious, Psychoanalytic Perspectives, Politics, and Poetry. Published by Trapart Books, 2019, and also available as an ebook through iBooks and Kindle. For more information, please visit our publisher's website, trapart.net. That's T R A P A R T.net and the podcast website, renderingunconscious.org. You can support the podcast by visiting our Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash V-A-N-E-S-S-A 23-C-A-R-L. Links to everything can be found in the text that accompanies this podcast episode. Your support is greatly appreciated.
Okay, people, we wouldn't lie to you folks. We wouldn't lie to you. This being, this thing, this being, being, thing, it's a being, but it's being, but not really living. And what do we do when we're not really being? I wouldn't lie to you folks. This once was a beautiful creature. And she's learning, says the old woman slowly. Learning slowly.
jacket killed so slowly, turning in fatigue. You're a fail-safe device. And you're failing, and you're failing, and you're failing, and you're failing slowly. And someone will say, it's never the same. Put it back. And your safe will be cracked. Slowly turning the dials. Very slowly, with your medical listening device, slowly listening for the tinkling of the right tone. It's like a kiss of death. Changing your tune. And this lovely system designed to keep everything contained and safe in this device is lost. What's up? 